I'm Donna Otto, and we're Modern Homemakers. And I have a question for you as we begin this time together. Did you ever say to someone, think about saying to someone, or have someone say to you, oh, go grow up? What did you think when you were saying that? If you were saying it to someone, what were you implying to that person? And if you thought about it for yourself, did you subliminally say, I can't really wait until I grow up, until I get mature, until I stop doing things that hurt people? Well, I think there are places in the scripture that help us see what that, oh, go, grow up, that ongoing, constant edge of growing up. Now, I grew up in a very um, compromised environment. Uh, there were not many things in my environment from the time I was, well, three years old, really. The first three years of my life were pretty good. Um, from the time I was three until I graduated from high school, um, my my family of origin was together sometimes, not together, divorced. Um, my mother worked. She didn't have many credentials, so she worked at a very... Um, low-paying job, so there were always financial issues going on. And I can remember thinking I couldn't wait till I got older or until I grew up. Maybe I didn't have to be someone's kid anymore. I, I'm not really sure. But I can also remember thinking, I feel like I've gotten stuck or I'm going to get stuck. And I didn't know how I was going to be able to catch up. And oftentimes when I talk about my own personal testimony, my own personal journey of faith, I talk about the fact that my 20s, uh, from the time I was 20 till the time I was 30, it, it felt to me like it was a catch-up decade. I was trying to figure out how to do everything. I was getting married. I, I had a child when I was 25. I didn't have many good role models when I was young, but I had a few. Uh, I think my next decade was a decade of um, looking at everything and agreeing that I still had spaces in my life that needed to be watched over, needed to be matured, needed to be looked at. And I wanted to offer myself grace but I'm not very good at grace. And that's because I fall on the side of being a person who wants things done right, as in right and holy and theologically sound, and then the other kind of right, which is kind of perfect. I'm not going to talk about that today, although we will soon. But I did learn this phrase, which was very powerful and really life-changing to me, is that we do not learn in a bed of judgment. We learn in a bed of acceptance. And that was very powerful to me. So here I was aching to grow up, but I wasn't very accepting of myself. I wasn't very accepting of the fact that this is where I had grown up and this is what my history was. And I wasn't going to fix it overnight. I was never going to fix it, actually. So uh, when I got to this hallmark part of acceptance, I realized 
that acceptance is a grace. In a day from now, the next time we're together, I'm going to talk to you about the subject of grace. One of my dearest friends in the world died, and it gave me an opportunity, along with her other friends and family, to recognize that the grace of her life, which she was always known for, was far deeper than just the outward graces that we often speak about. So today, I want to speak to you a little bit about what the scripture says about growing up. Um, I think as an older woman, I should have certain parts of my faith matured or not matured. And I want you to look at the book of Ephesians with me. If you have a Bible, if not, write down this reference, which is Ephesians 4, 14 and 15. And this is Paul talking to the church of Ephesus, and he's saying, we must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament, with which it is equipped, and each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. Grow up. We get to grow up. We must grow up. We must grow up. And when I think about we must grow up, it isn't an option. It doesn't have anything to do with my age or my history or your age, or your history, or the amount of pain you have, or the amount of pain you used to have, or what you can see coming, or the pandemic that we have all around us. I can't decide now if there's been more talk about COVID slash pandemic, or more talk about the net effect of COVID past pandemic slash pandemic. Uh, I just know that we seem to be in a spiral that that is the key topic on everyone's lips. And I find myself deliberately moving away from it, deliberately trying not to talk about it. But then wherever I'm engaged or wherever I'm reading, whatever I'm listening to, there it is. It's just the subject to be spoken about. So go grow up. How can I go grow up? How can I do what Paul is telling um, the church at Ephesus to do to participate in this manner of growing up? I like his opening phrase. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine. Uh, A pandemic is certainly something that has tossed us around. It, it certainly has. But he says we're not to be blown about by every course. We're not to be blown about by every doctrine. We're not to be blown about because someone is yelling and screaming and storming through a building because people don't have their masks on and everyone should have their masks on. Um, we're not to be blown about. We're to be grown up. We're to be grown up equipped in every part of our body for love. And I don't know who you are out there. I don't see your faces. I get to know you through your emails and letters and questions. But but I 
know that I represent, my producer and I represent people in America. And this is the subject we're talking about. And we don't seem to be talking about it in a very loving way. And I thought, okay, this is all about love and learning to love and let's talk about love. And there are a lot of subjects and a lot of people to talk about love. And then it hit me. It, it feels to me that it's more than love. It's about growing up. It's about maturity. It's about recognizing, first of all, there are many other things in this world that are still going on that don't have to do with the pandemic and the medications and the COVID and the next strand and, 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 and. Why is it the topic of center of the topics? Why is it the center of your topics of conversation? So I asked the Lord a little bit about that, and I was led to Hebrews chapter 5, uh, verses 11 through 14, and it's, I'm going to give you a headliner here. My husband, my husband is a headliner man. So he will listen to me talk. And as you know, I can talk a fair amount. As long as I say to him ahead of time, here's the headliner. This is your headliner audience. This is it. Do not be dull of hearing. What does dull of hearing mean? Well, this is Hebrews. He says, about this, we have much to say that it is hard to explain. Since you have become dull in understanding, dull in hearing. For though by this time you ought to be again the basic elements of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk, but being still an infant, is unskilled in the word of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose faculties have been trained by the practice to distinguish good from evil. In the last two years, I know that I have done at least two, if not three, teachings about loving your enemy, about the two steps of loving God and loving others, and that the scripture calls us not only to love our enemies, those who persecute and defile us, but to pray for those who persecute us. Now, here we are in the book of Hebrews, and we've been told already that we're supposed to be growing up. We're supposed to be mature. And he's warning us that by this time, we should be eating steak. And instead, we're... Can you hear that? That's me sucking from a bottle. And I, I want to say... I think that many of the individuals who I've engaged with or encountered in the last few years, I believe they started into the pandemic more grown up than they are now two years into the pandemic, nearly two years. That struck me as interesting. And it struck me as interesting because of Paul's last words, for solid food is for the mature. For solid food is for the mature, for those whose faculties have been trained to distinguish good from evil. So I want to ask you, so I want to ask you if you think that you're too busy for growing up. It takes time. It takes time to train children. It takes time to train yourself. 
as a teacher, I know this training is the most important thing that we can do. It's part of why I do what I do in my life. It's giving tools, teaching and training others so that when they are in positions like pandemics, crisis, grief, uh, they have some tools and they know what to do with it. The reason for the lack of growth is that we have become dull of hearing. What does dull of hearing really mean? It means we become sluggish or lazy or slow. You may be still listening, but you are not showing up. Ever done that? I, I have done that. I've gone to a conference and sometimes I'm very, what shall I say, particular. I want to get this part of that topic, but I don't want the rest of it. So I sit there and get the part I want, and then the rest of it, I, I t tune out. I switch channels. I pick up a book. I write in my journal. I've done that. I hope that's not offensive to a speaker. I certainly don't stand up and leave the room but it, it, we become sluggish or lazy. We're listening to the things, but we're not taking any action. We're not showing up. We're spiritually in a place that our ears do not hear and our eyes do not see. I think we need to pause long enough to ask ourselves, do we desire spiritual maturity above all things. I know. I sort of paused there, didn't I? You were hoping that I was going to say, do we desire spiritual maturity? And everyone was going to raise their hand and nod their head and say, yes, yes, above all things. My husband and I were having this conversation. Uh, just here we are talking about the pandemic, but we were talking about the changes in our lives because we moved at the same time the pandemic started. So we had an enormous number of changes going on. And we were trying to evaluate which one of them were fed by what. Did that happen because of the move? Or did that happen because of the pandemic? And one of the things that absolutely happened because of the pandemic was um, an eruption in our normal schedule that was fostered by the move and put us in a place where we didn't have places yet where we sat together, read together, talked together. We did have a place where the TV was, though. Now, you've probably heard me say this before, and it's true. If, if anything, I'm very fussy about TV. It's not that I don't watch it, but I'm very fussy about it. And no, I do not just sit down and put it on and whatever's on, I watch it. Like, never have in my whole life. I, I just don't like TV that much. That's probably what it is. But that doesn't change the fact that I can watch a show um, and just watch every episode of a show. I can't even think of a series that we've watched. But we have watched more TV because of the pandemic. And that's because we've been with people less. But we were talking about this subject of growing dull. Is it because we're older? We don't need... No, it has nothing to do with age. It has no, nothing to do with how spiritually mature you are. 
Paul is saying to us that we need to stay in a place that our hearing does not become lackluster, does not become dull. In Acts chapter 28, 24, we find Paul, he's in jail, and he has an ear for something. It's quite an audience. Paul turns the Jews off and they get ready to leave. Why? Because they are dull of hearing what he has to say. Dull of hearing why we do not grow in the Lord, why we don't have any sense of maturation. D.L. Moody was criticized for saying that he wanted to grow in Christ, that you needed to spend 15 minutes a day talking to God. 15 minutes a day letting him talk to you through the Bible and 15 minutes a day talking to somebody else about Jesus. The theologians of his time booed him and called him childish. Hmm. D.L. Moody, I wonder what he would think about our asking for five minutes a day, our thinking we don't even have one minute a day to pause, to read God's word. The question that we've been talking about these last few months about listening and hearing his word and knowing his voice. So let me, let me say a few things. Um, in Hebrews chapter 5, 12 and 13, give us this passage that we've just been reading, but they give us the clue. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic elements or oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. So my question is, do you find yourself listening to someone, picking up a book, an article that's recommended to you, a sermon that's recommended to you? And today, we, can, uh, we have friends who have stopped going to church and they listen to three preachers every Sunday morning, getting great sermons, great information. But... Uh, one of them said to me, oh yeah, somebody recommended, but that was way over our head. Do you find yourself saying, that's too much for me to read, that's over my head? We don't, that, I don't need to learn about that, I, that's not, I'm not a mother anymore, etc., etc." I want to ask you if you feel like you're not taking responsibility for the things that God has given you to learn and to grow in. In the book of Peter, 1 Peter which is right here behind Hebrew, James, and First Peter, uh, chapter 3, verse 15. <clears throat> chapter 3, verse 15. For it is God's will that by doing right, you should silence the ignorance of the foolish. It is God's will by doing right that we should silence we should silence the ignorance of the foolish. So we have to take a personal responsibility for what we know, for how we're using what we know. And have you been doing the same thing? You've gotten to whatever level you are with Christ, and that's where you are, and you don't need to add anything new to it. I think new followers of Christ, people who've decided that they want Christ to lead their lives, they're rather exempt from this material that I'm teaching because they are still sucking a bottle and drinking milk and they need to and they need to stay that, stay with that as long as they can. So I want to challenge you a little. Are you listening to his word? 
Are you reading his word? Are you studying his word? Are you memorizing scripture? Are you memorizing scripture? Just the simple fact that I read Psalm 130. The Lord led me to something I was reading, in something I was reading that led me to Psalm 130. And someone recently said to me, oh, you're so lucky because you get to teach the Bible. You're always in the Bible. There was something about that that sort of stuck in my head, like, what makes me lucky? Well, I guess God's given me this gift. That That's good. But reading the Bible doesn't make you... It, it's something you choose to do. Anybody can choose to do this. So I was reading in Psalm 130, and I... About waiting, and verses 5 and 6 said, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. Now, I didn't plan to memorize those two verses, but I read it repeatedly. I just read it because I thought, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I hope. So I'm waiting and hoping. And then my soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. This is a psalmist describing to us um, what it is. This is a song of ascent and what it is to watch and wait. And the repetition of the scripture, I'm just reading it a few times. That phrase has come to mind so many times in the last few months. Am I watching and waiting? Okay, so a few things. Make sure it's good biblical content. Make sure it's good biblical content. Secondly, respond to the places that you see yourself falling down in, places where you sense a lack of maturity, or immaturity, I should say. No, you sense a lack of maturity, which causes you to feel immature. I think most often we find moments of immaturity when we're engaged with others, and we think, wow, that's the mature way to handle it. I'm not sure that's what I'm thinking or what I would have said or what I would have done. And then this piece that the passage actually ends in and says, discern the difference between good and evil. Have you noticed that there are a lot of evil people doing good things? Have you noticed that what is a good thing to our culture may not be a good thing to God? Have you recognized the fact that the very word good has changed its definition? So I challenge you. Are you teaching others to grow up? Are you growing up? Would I dare say to you, go grow up? Could you respond in saying, I am growing up, and that I determine in my life to continue to grow up until I take my last breath? When do you want to stop learning the breath before you meet Jesus? When do you want to stop being with him and growing in maturity and losing your dull of hearing position when you see him face to face? Because then you will be like him. And you will have served him, and he will be very glad to see you come home.
Well, we're talking about humility. We're talking about go grow up today. It seems like a harsh term, but I think in the culture that we are living, it's not too harsh to remind ourselves and to ask ourselves, are we growing up in Jesus? Is there a habitual place of growth in our lives? Is it noticeable to you? Is it noticeable to others? But mostly, is it noticeable to God? This is Donna Otto. We are Modern Homemakers. And remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of increasing your hearing.